Hello and welcome to Exchanging Eternal Truths, brought to you by Eternal Truths Ministries in Anderson, South Carolina. I'm your host, author and minister Heather Lancaster, and I'm happy to be joined by Gail Newsom, one of the intercessors here at Eternal Truths Ministries. And today we're going to talk about the concept of God's rest. So Gail, tell me, what is God showing you about His rest? Oh, He's showing me so much. He's showing me how to have this rest. We can have this as Christians. It comes from really a peace and a contentment that you know your Lord Jesus Christ is just taking complete care of your life. So that's in you every know area? That. In every area. Once you allow yourself to remain in Him and choose to come into that rest... And you know, if you go to that Matthew, I believe it's 11, verse 28, he says, Come to me, all who are weary, and I, that's Jesus, will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So it's exciting to me to know that Jesus will give us this rest. And when I look back most of my life, I strove and tried through my own works to get to that rest. I think a lot of people have tried that. And I'd, I'd like to actually go back and read the, the Matthew 11, but I'd like to read it in the Passion Translation. Okay, good. It, it says, are you weary, carrying a heavy burden? Come to me. I will refresh your life, for I am your oasis. Ooh, Simply join good. your life with mine, learn my ways, and you'll discover that I'm gentle, humble, easy to please. You will find refreshment and rest in me for all that I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. Oh, I like that oasis. Isn't that great? Yeah, because I originally heard refreshment and contentment because it's like a faith position when you allow yourself to say, I'm staying in Christ, no matter the circumstances, no matter if my miracle has manifested yet, I'm going to remain in Him. And isn't it amazing to me that when when people are talking about the Lord's rest, and you mentioned it a minute ago, you thought you had to strive and to get there and to make that happen. Well, what changed to to make you realize that this was not something you had to work for? Well, I'd say a lifetime of doing the wrong thing. (laughs) And I'm not saying that in a critical nature to anyone. It's like once you keep worrying and you're anxious and you're fretting and you're complaining, you kind of end up all over your circumstances and you don't have that rest. Because you're not allowing Jesus to take care of your problems. When he says in 1 Peter 5, 7, cast all your cares to me, for I care for you. He means all of them. Right. And I think in the past, I used to play catch. I would give it to him and take it back. And he can't really help me. I can't really experience that oasis, that contentment. Unless I know that he is really my savior 
and now my Lord over every area of my life. And, and that think, comes about with abiding faith. Absolutely. And I think I think you you kind of hit on on the mark right there when you talk about this idea of playing catch. And I think that's a nice visual for people to understand. You know, you read the scripture in in Peter when we cast our cares on him. When you look at what that word means in the original language, it means to throw it away. Oh, that's good. As if you're throwing, you know, you think about um, the concept of like a pack mule, you know, back in, in the day, you would have a, a burrow or something and they'd throw everything on it for the trip and, mm-hmm. and that's what you would do. Well, that's what that word represents. It means throwing it on as you would throw it to a beast of burden. And that's almost like Jesus coming back and saying, I know that you can't handle all these things that are happening. Let me be your beast of burden. But if we're not willing to truly put it there and let it go, mm-hmm. then we're struggling under the weight of whatever that care is, rather than allowing him to come in and truly take it for us. So we play this, this tug of war, and all we're going to do right. is get worn down. We're not going to rest in that area. That's true. And the more we take it back, the more we don't see, and it's really a process, the more we won't see Jesus as the one that's in charge, that's in control, that wants to be. He said, my burden is light in Matthew 11. I believe he does. He Mm -hmm. said, my yoke and burden is light if we give it to him. Yeah, it says, for all I require of you will be pleasant and easy to bear. So he's not mm-hmm. asking us to take on these great heavy weights and these great heavy burdens. He's like, come unto me and I will give you rest. It's not something we have to work for or something we have to strive for. And I think sometimes we forget that that God is a God that wants to take care of us. He wants to love us. He wants us to be in that place. He wants to be that providing father. And instead, we try to figure out how to make it happen in our own strength, how to how to make his promises come to pass when he didn't ask us to make it happen. He just asked for us to believe in him. That's true. And if I can go back to the, I call it the first layer of rest. Okay. And it's probably the strongest one is abiding. Because abiding really means you're staying you're settling in. You're not moving from Christ. You're okay. in Christ. You're in the finished work of what he did on that cross. In John 15, 4, he says, Abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine. And later on in verse 5, he says, Apart from me, you can do nothing. So, I began to understand that if I stay and I abide in Christ, he's going to take care of something for me. He's going to take care of those problems. But what I've been learning, it's when he decides to do it and how he decides to do it. Which is different than trying to make it happen on our own. That's it. Now, let me let me ask you this based based on that. When you talk about 
the fact that uh, what was the reference you used about in me without me you can do nothing or, or that's John fifteen verse five. Okay, so the other thing that that reminds me of is when Jesus Himself walked the earth. He said, "I do nothing except right. for what the Father told me to do." Everywhere He went, and I'm uh, you know this is the Heather paraphrase. Everywhere He went, every miracle He performed was something that the Father was guiding him to do. And if, if, if we look at that and look at him as our ultimate example, you know, Ephesians 5.1 says, Be ye imitators of God, little children, as right. well-beloved children imitate their father, if you look at the Amplified. When we look at him, if he couldn't do it without the Father, why do we think that we can do it in and of our own strength? And I think that was my wake-up call when I realized... Jesus could not do it. He couldn't do anything apart from the Father. Mm -hmm. Jesus and the Father were one. Right. And we're one with Jesus, so we're one with the Father. Right. But he will decide if I trust him and I leave my cares with him when my miracle's coming. Right. And how he's going to present it to me. Right. Too many times we want to get in there and be Mrs. Holy Ghost and help Jesus. Right. <laughs> and you know what? It doesn't work. So that's what I've learned. If I can go on one more little piece here. Absolutely. When we fully rest, and I don't think we ever will fully rest in Christ until we're up in heaven, but when we begin the process, we learn to surrender. It's easy to say we yield our will. Because our mind, will, and emotions is that flesh, soul part of us. Mm -hmm. But when we really surrender, we're not taking those things back. Right. Every time that problem comes in our thoughts, we say, no, I'm not entertaining that negative thought. Jesus got this. I'm waiting on my miracle. I'm waiting on my healing. I'm waiting on my finances. Whatever it is, we know he's got it. Right. And I think that goes to to that concept of taking every thought captive. Yes. Like like it talks about in the word. So we're given very specific instructions on on our ways of thinking with with respect to his will and and things like that. So it's like if those things come up that we have to think we have to fix it, that's where we have to take that thought captive. You know, and then Paul tells us, I think it's in Philippians, Whatever things are pure, whatever things right. are holy, whatever things are of good report, think on these things. And it becomes an action on our part where we have to say, that thought's not my thought. I take that thought captive and I replace that with the peace of Jesus. Because it says, his peace he'll give to us and peace that passes all understanding. Amen. And you know, a thought about I believe that's in 2 Corinthians 10, 4 to 5. You can check it later if you want. Mm -hmm. But when every thought, every feeling, every circumstance comes in, and some people may say, like I used to say, well, I can't help it. The thoughts come in, and they, I just have to think on them. No, you don't. If they come in, you, and it's not of God, you can say, I'm not entertaining that thought. Mm -hmm. I'm not entertaining that feeling. I'm going to speak the word instead, and I'm going to rest on his word and his promises for me. That's he right. says, by your stripes we were healed. Well, by golly, I, I was healed and I am healed in right. Jesus' name. Amen. And I love how that scripture is, you know, the healing scripture there, it's, it's paralleled in Isaiah. 
it says you um he will be he's wounded for your transgressions he's bruised for iniquities right. you know um by his stripes and and it's it's almost a future tense in Isaiah and when it said it again in Peter it's past tense oh, because he good. already took it so everything that a friend of mine once said, and I love this, everything Jesus was going to do, he's already done at the cross. Now, he's continuing to intercede for us, the scripture tells us. But the next step on Jesus's to-do list is come get us. Amen. That's So, right. you know, us trying to figure it out or make it happen or trying to, to somehow arrange the situation ourselves is contrary to to what you're talking about. And the scripture you mentioned earlier, 2 Corinthians 10, 4, and 5. Oh, good. It is great. Um, <laughs> yeah. For the weapons of our warfare are not, not carnal, hard. but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, and yes. every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into okay. captivity to the obedience of Christ, and being ready to punish all disobedience when your obedience is fulfilled. I went down to verse 6. Um, but that, that idea of Casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. You know, when you're talking about rest and you're talking about uh, this idea of trying to do it in your own strength, that's a high thing that's trying to exalt itself against God. You're almost getting into that level of pride when you Mm -hmm. go, I can do this better than God. And that's a very dangerous place to be, I think. And I think to be fair to people out there, sometimes it's a habit or a pattern like it was with me all my life, learning to try to strive and make it work. And what helped me is the next concept or layer of rest after abiding is submission. Mm, I didn't really understand that, but... As you look at, first let's look at James 4, 7, submit to God, resist Satan, and he will flee. Well, I've heard many preachers say, resist Satan, and he'll go. Resist Satan, but I never heard the submit part. Mm -hmm. And I said, well, what does that mean, Lord, to submit? And to me, that's just opening up my spirit and saying, here, Lord, if I'm a mess that day or I feel... I'm very sad or I'm crying or whatever. Just be real. Give it to him. Submit everything. Don't hold anything back because he knows anyway. And when we do that, when we submit, we're really committing the hows and the whens. Jesus is going to do something. We're saying, remember that old show where you're too young, but Father knows best. (laughs) I remember it. Oh, okay. Back in the 50s for some of you young folks. But... Father really does know best. When we submit it, mm-hmm. then the commitment follows, where I begin to commit my way to the Lord, as it says in Psalm 37, 5, right. trust in him, he, not Gail, will bring it to pass. Right. So it kind of helped me understand that, letting go of those thoughts, when I took every thought captive... I had to replace it with God's thoughts. Exactly. And I think, you know, I want to go back to the to the James 4, uh, when it talks about the, you know, submit yourself right. to God. In the Passion, it actually says surrender to God. Oh, that's good. 
You know, and it yes. says, stand up to the devil and resist him, and he will flee in agony. Mm. Think about think That's about this. Good. You know, we we talk about uh, during that time that that Jesus defeated the enemy, and he took the keys of death, hell, and the grave. You know, we always talk about that. You know, about what he did right. during during those three days uh, before his resurrection, but. The idea of he has already defeated that enemy. In fact, I in, in one of our other episodes, I, I mentioned to somebody, I said, um, I said that I'm reminded of the demon that asked Jesus, hey, have you come to, to get rid of us before our time? So they understand that they're already defeated. The enemy's already defeated. He knows he's already defeated. His legions of demons already know that they're defeated. It's about time the Christians learn that they're already defeated. Because we start at a place of rest, which is victory. victory. Because when we're in Christ, we're starting at victory line because he's already done it for us. We're overcomers by the word of our testimony and by the blood of the oh, Lamb. Yeah. If we start there then we are not immersed in the problem, we're immersed in the promises. Oh, we're immersed like in everything Jesus is saying for us to do. That's where rest comes first, because we know he's got our backs. Yeah. I think that's great. Yeah, no, that's awesome. So when you think about when you think about these layers of rest, so you had you had the the Abiding. Abiding and then surrender. Is there another layer to this? Is it a cake? Are you referring to this well, as a cake? I kind of see it like that. I, I like my cakes. further brings, because what does everybody want but peace? But I have found in my life that when I get fully more surrendered and in resting in Jesus, that peace comes. Okay. After I've abided, after I've surrendered after I've learned to submit and commit things. Because even if before I get there, even if you look at Hebrews 4, verses 9 and 10, he, Jesus, if, if anyone had any doubts out there, he talks about there remains a Sabbath rest for the people of God. And he says, whoever enters into this rest has rested from our own works. So even right there is another way that Jesus is saying, I'm wanting to give you this, but you got to let go of what's in your hand. Oh, listen to this. So uh, Hebrews 4, and I, again, I'll read it in the, in the Passion. Okay. This is verses uh, uh, I'm gonna 9, read I believe. I'm going to start at 9. Okay. Actually, I'm going to back up and start at 8. Now, if this promise of rest was fulfilled when Joshua brought the people into the land, talking about Israel, God wouldn't have spoken later of another rest to come. So we conclude that there is still a full and complete Sabbath rest waiting for believers to experience. As we enter into this faith rest life, so faith dash rest. So as we enter into God's faith rest life, we cease from our own works, Mm -hmm. which is what you were saying earlier. Just as God celebrates his finished works and rests in them. So back to what I mentioned earlier about Jesus has already done the work. That's right. So he 
can rest in that work already being done. So it says, just as God celebrates his finished works and rest in them, going on to verse 11, so then we must be eager to experience this faith rest life so that no one falls short by following the same pattern of doubt and unbelief. So that's one thing we want to do is remember that this is for us. God's rest, you know, we we talk about sometimes, and, and the Apostle Paul did this, when he talked about believers who had gone to sleep, talking about those who had, had passed away from, from the earth and had gone to be with Jesus, that, you know, we talk about that as being sleep. And a lot of people make that, make that uh, connection between sleep and rest, that one, yeah. one is the other. And so you hear this concept, I'll sleep when I'm dead, which I have heard before. But that's not what God wants for us. When we can be abiding in Him, when we can surrender to Him, when we can allow that peace to come in, then He wants us to have this, what this, what this, this translation calls that faith rest life. We can have that in our daily lives. It's not something that we're waiting on, as some people would say, in the sweet by and by. That's a now thing. I believe it's also connected, I believe it's John 10.10 with the abundant life. Yeah. But you know, another scripture he gave me that I think is just, I don't want to bypass it. And I believe it's Proverbs 16.9. A man's mind plans his way. But the Lord directs his steps and establishes them. I like that because I used to plan everything. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and then after you plan it and you're thinking about it, it's not God's will at all. You're and, going off on your own. And then what happens is inevitably we try, a problem comes up, and then we try to fix it in our own strength. That's right. But but here here's that same scripture again in the Passion. Within your heart, you can make plans for your future, but it's the Lord that chooses the steps that you take to get there. And it says he establishes them. So sometimes we're trying to figure something out that is not even our role or our business to do. It's the Lord's. Yeah. Because we've already asked him. So if we start getting into full rest, it changes us. I believe trust and dependence on God happens, begins to, as we release things in our hand and we allow Jesus to take it from us and guide us, we trust him more. Even when the miracle, like I said earlier, hasn't come in yet. Right. That's the hardest time to wait. And I was going to say, that's a hard time to wait. I know that Mm -hmm. in my life personally, I've experienced that, where you know you're believing for something, you know it's something God had promised, um, and, and we've got... You know it's coming, you know it's coming, but it's not coming yet, and then you... then. And maybe this is a this is a woman thing, or or maybe it's just a me thing. You try to figure out how you can help God make it happen. Oh, yes, I've done that, and and so it's like, and and then you get smacked down almost, and every everything you try to do just absolutely just get goes bonkers and nowhere where you thought it was. It's because you weren't resting in that promise. And you know, if you really even look at Exodus thirty three fourteen, he says, my presence will go with you and I will give you rest. So someone like me that grew up doing and striving and trying and, and not getting it, 
and thinking I was helping the Lord, not understanding this concept of rest, when we just get quiet in front of Him, when we get in that secret place, the Most High, under the shadow of the Almighty, and we let Him just come in and we worship Him, that presence, that rest, that just taking all the cares of the day, can come from us. So that just spending time with the Lord is another way to begin to understand this concept. And I think, I think too, I think if, if there are any of our listeners who they've always wondered, how, what about this rest? I think the biggest thing is go back to the scriptures that we've that we've oh, noted yes. here, you know, yes. in the in the description, we will put uh, all of the scriptures down so that the listeners can go back oh, that's and good. and access them. But go in, find the scriptures that resonate to you, and just pray over it and study it. Read it in different translations, and just pray and ask God to reveal to you more of what he has in mind for his concept of rest. Think about these these three topics, abiding, surrender, and peace. And so when you think about that, are there any other, so if, if that's a three-layer cake, is there an icing on top of it? <laughs> well, as I said, the peace, I think you mentioned that, mm-hmm. but one scripture that I never understood, and maybe this is the icing, was be still and know I'm God. And I used to read it fast, be still and know I'm God, (laughs) Psalm 46.10, until the Lord said, no, Gail, you're even reading it wrong. Be still and know and experience me as God. So I began to understand being still doesn't mean sitting around and eating pop, although that sounds good, eating some popcorn, watching a movie, <laughs> but it's get quiet with all these things that are hurrying up and busying your mind and worrying and fretting and complaining about. Get quiet. So that refreshment is that layer that comes, I think, at the end of all. It just refreshes you. You just get still and quiet and you say, you know, I don't see any change in the natural but I know my God has this. I know he has it, and he has me. Yeah, I'd like to read that in the uh, Amplified Classic. It's uh, Again, it's Psalm 4610. It says, Let be and be still and know, recognize, and understand that I am God. I will be exalted among the nations, and I will be exalted in the earth. So I think as as we're bringing this to a close for today, I think when we understand those concepts, so we've got our three-layer cake, right. we've got abiding, we've got surrender, we've got peace, and then for the icing on the top, we've got that concept of being still. Yes. And I think, yes. it, it, and I like just how this says, let be and be still. Let just, sometimes we need to to be like a duck and let the water roll off. When these cares of the world come upon us, we just need to be still and say, okay, God, I know you've got this. I know that you're, uh, you're in control, and ultimately your promises will come to pass. And just for, since we only have a minute or two, for anyone out there that was like me, had trouble being still, I just took time and worshiped the Lord. That's what helped me. I didn't say, I don't have to do read 10 chapters right now. I don't have to do this. I just get quiet and listen to some worship music and little 
step by step, the Lord showed me how to be still. So I just wanted to add that for people that may have trouble being still or quieting their minds. Yeah. It's a process. And Jesus is thrilled to help us learn how to do that. Absolutely. Because when we spend our time in worship, you know, come before his presence with thanksgiving. And that's that's really kind of what worship is. It it gets into this idea that we're going to come, we're going to thank him for all that he is, for all that he's done, just praise him, just worship him. And it's amazing what happens in in praise and worship with your mind. Amen. That sometimes no matter how much and there are several of us I know whose minds race all the time, that's a way to still your mind. And when you can be still, that's when you can let be. And even another whole sermon is how it can shift us from the problem and the flesh part of us to Jesus' spirit. Oh, and that's yeah. a whole other sermon. Yeah, I think we can do another. We can probably <laughs> do another one on that. So for everybody listening, I just want to thank you for taking your time to listen to Exchanging Eternal Truths. If you have any prayer requests or anything that we can pray for you, uh, feel free to leave a comment, and we would love to include you on our prayers. We'd love to be able to communicate with you, so feel free. Again, leave us a comment. Let us know what you're thinking. And let us know what God's doing in your life or if you have any ideas for things you'd like to see discussed in a future episode. So again, you're listening to Exchanging Eternal Truths, brought to you by Eternal Truths Ministries in Anderson, South Carolina. And we thank you all for listening. Have a blessed day.